Well, I want to make sure that these are looking really great and that I don't have to sit there sitting up at night like, oh my gosh, what happens if someone inquires for my services? They're going to get this email or they're going to get the right one. Did I set it up right? If you test it, then you know you set it up right. So you need to test these things and really make sure that they are working before you allow someone else to tell you that they are not. Welcome to the She Can Systemize podcast. I'm your host, Taryn Rochelle, your girlfriend with the systems plan. Just like you, I wear many hats. As a mom of two, CEO and founder of the Socialized Style Co. and reoccurring conference speaker, it is my mission to not only build my business around my life, but to help you do so as well. And how do I help you do this? Systems, of course. This podcast is here to help you infuse systems in your business and your personal life so we can ditch the overwhelm and feel in control. So it's time to pop in those AirPods, listen while you work, or relaxing with a glass of wine or my go-to, an espresso martini, and buckle up because we're about to turn chaos into confetti in your life because yes, you can systemize and I am here to help you do it. Hey guys, welcome back to She Can Systemize. I'm your host, Taryn Rochelle, and today we are covering five common mistakes that you might be making today in your systems. If you listen to this episode and then you're like, oh gosh, I have some work to do. If you have that thought, I want you to make systems changes. Okay. I want you to get your systems hands dirty and actually make these changes in your business to elevate your client experience. Because within this episode, I'm going to be covering these five common mistakes and how these mistakes can affect your client experience. So if you're sitting there thinking, yeah, I have some changes I need to make in my systems because of listening to this, then that means that there are areas of your business that are lacking in your client experience. So we want to change that. So let's just dive on in because you guys know I'm all about taking action and giving you tangible advice when it comes to your systems. So the very first mistake that I see common in my client systems, when I'm auditing them, when I'm going in to do a system build, when I'm just chatting with members of my community, are lead captures. Lead captures and your inquiry process and your inquiry system is like that number one spot that you want to make sure is really dialed in. Because when someone is coming in to inquire on your services, this is not a cold lead. This is someone that is warm. And once they are in there, this is someone that's hot, especially if your inquiry process is really dialed in and you are really like figuring out exactly who you want to inquire, who you don't want to inquire. And that's happening because of your inquiry process. And so when these people are getting to your lead capture or maybe lack thereof, then that is someone that you're wanting to really impress. You're wanting to really have it be a streamlined process for them and not have them be confused. I always say a confused mind rarely converts. So for me, if I go into someone's lead capture, their inquiry process, and it's confusing, I can't figure out their pricing, they're gatekeeping a bunch of information that I'm just trying to figure out to make sure that this is the right service for me, you probably lost me as a potential client because I'm confused. 
So if you do not have a lead capture right now, this is going to be the first thing I'm going to challenge you to get up and running. So this is going to be a form that someone can fill out on your website, or if you don't have a website right now, there are a lot of platforms like Dubsado that you can send an actual just link to your lead capture that someone can fill out. So this is going to be a form that someone can give you their information and inquire on your services. I'm going to say this many times, I'm sure, on this podcast. Google Forms are not a lead capture. Yes, you can use them in some kind of a sense like that, but they are not a good lead capture because it is not a CRM. Google Forms, G Suite, this is not your CRM. And so if you are utilizing Google Forms on your website right now, and yes, I can spot them from a mile away because the bottom of the lead capture on your website says Google on it. So I've seen some of you out there with these Google Forms still, and I want you to change this. So you need to find a CRM platform that has a lead capture or inquiry form capability that you can use. And you want to make sure that whatever CRM you look into has the capability to embed on your website. Because if you have a website or when you have a website for your business, you want to be able to embed this form so people can fill it out on your website, not have to leave your website and submit an inquiry in case there's other parts of your website that they want to go to. So we don't want to have them leaving. We want them to stay on our website and embed it on there. So our CRM of choice is obviously Dubsado, but there are many others out there that you can utilize if it is not the right one for your business. But for most people listening to this that are in the wedding and event industry, Dubsado is going to be the best CRM for you because of many capabilities that are inside of there. So that is the first part of the lead capture inquiry process that I see as missing is that the lead capture is missing in your business or you're using a form like Google Forms, and you're not able to send automatic emails and things like that. The other part of an inquiry process that I see a lot of mistakes in is having it very basic information, especially for those of you that are in the wedding and event industry or photographers that are listening to this. But really, this advice is for anyone We're not just asking them their name, their email, how they heard about us, and that's it. Okay, we want to have qualifying questions on there to really be able to weed out people that might not be right for our services. So in the wedding and event industry, something that will weed people out is their wedding and event date. So you need to have a date select on there or ask them what the date is of their event or their wedding. So when you're going through these lead captures or your assistant is, they can be like, hey, we're booked on this day. Like we don't have the availability then you can send them that email. We always want to make sure that we are asking qualifying questions because we don't need to be getting on a million consultations, a million discovery calls with people that aren't right for our services or you don't have the time and capacity for this service, especially in the wedding and event industry. So we want to make sure that we are asking questions that are specific for our services and specific to weed out the people that aren't right for our services, and then really highlight and shine our ideal clients 
our ideal couples. We want to really see who those people are very easily from the minute they inquire. Because when I get an inquiry from Dubsado, I get an email to my inbox. I can look at it. I can see all the questions that they answered. I have a lot of questions too on our investment for our system builds because they are a higher investment. So I have actually conditional logic on my inquiry form. So if you go to my website, thesocializedstyleco.com, and then click apply, you will see our lead capture on there. And inside of there, based off of questions that you answer for our system builds, other questions drop down. So this is with a coding add-on that we have for our system builds, where we can add in conditional logic to your forms, especially your lead captures. So then if you answer certain questions, other questions are going to drop down because of your answers. And then for us, it puts down your investment. So we let you know, based off of the answers that you gave us, this is your minimum investment that you are going to be spending with us. And then we have a checkbox that says, are you ready to make this investment in your business? If you are pretty set in your pricing, having something like this is going to be crucial because then we're not wasting time. I'm not wasting that person's time. I'm not wasting my time. They may say no, that they're not ready, but you know what they might be ready for? One of my other services that are a lower ticket service, like our workflow mapping sessions, like a strategy session. So you want to make sure that you're asking qualifying questions so you can see if they're right for this service or you in general or other services. And the final thing in lead captures that I see an issue on, and this could be also an issue on your website or the way that you market is gatekeeping pricing. We are no longer gatekeeping pricing, especially in the time we are in right now of recording this episode in 2023. People are watching their money closely. They are making sure that these are the right investments for them, for their business. And for them to know that, they need to know the pricing. So we need to stop sending these pricing guides via our email subscriber list. We need to stop gatekeeping information. Why are we hiding our pricing? You should be proud of your pricing. If you are set in your pricing tiers, then be proud of that. I am solid in my pricing. If someone is not ready for that investment, then they are not ready for that investment. But I know there are other people that are ready and have invested and will invest in those services. So I am really strong in my pricing. So I'm not going to gatekeep that information. You'll see all my marketing. I tell my pricing for everything because I don't need us to have that conversation down the road and then be like, oh yeah, I can't afford that right now. I want people to know it, see the value in it, and then they can ask me questions about the service and about what's included in it and not so much the pricing. For me, that should just be open knowledge that people can see on your website, on your lead capture, anywhere that you need to market it. But if you don't have it anywhere on your website or anything, at least have it in your inquiry form. So before someone hits submit, they know exactly what they are about to invest in. The second very commonly mistake I see in people's systems are SOPs. And before you say, what are SOPs? SOPs are standard operating procedures. This is how you complete a task from the very beginning to the very end. People usually like to overcomplicate SOPs, so I like to explain them in a very easy and understand way, which is just that. It's a task to be completed from the beginning to the end, and then what are all the steps in between? Those are your SOPs. 
This is a common mistake because I know a lot of you listening to this might be writing solo in your business. Currently, right now, as recording this episode, I am one of you. I am running my business on my own. Well, with like a million automations behind me, but I do not have a team. I do not have an assistant as of right now. And so a lot of people think, well, I don't need SOPs unless I have a team. This is not true. You want to have SOPs like yesterday in your business. You want to start incorporating them so that you also don't forget tasks or steps in your process. And then the important thing with this is I'm sure a lot of you listening see yourself at some point having at least an assistant. You may not want this huge, robust team. For me and myself, I plan on having my team at like three people, five people is like my max capability that I ever want to have in my business. But three is kind of my magic number. And so I don't plan to have this ginormous team or anything like that. And so a lot of times you might be listening to this and thinking, okay, well, I don't have a team right now, but you might want one in the future, even just an assistant. And where people sometimes go wrong with hiring and thinking, oh, I hired the wrong person because they don't know what to do. Did you set them up for success and tell them what to do? Did you teach them what to do? Did you give them standard operating procedures to complete this task from the beginning to the end and all the steps in between? If the answer is no, then you may have hired the right person, but you set them up for failure. So when incorporating SOPs into your business, I do not want you guys to have these ginormous manuals, okay? I've had people come to me and they're like, Taryn, look at my amazing SOP manual. And it's like this thousand page like workbook that they plan on giving their team members when they hire them. That is going to overwhelm someone, especially if you're hiring someone that's like a contractor and like a virtual assistant. And even if you hired someone that's part-time or full-time, that would overwhelm me, okay? I worked in retail management at Zara, at Z Gallery, and I did not see any type of manuals or workbooks that were as long as the ones that I have seen some of you show me. And I want you to not complicate SOPs. So just like you may feel overwhelmed in SOPs or thinking about them right now, imagine giving that to someone and a team member and how they would feel. We want the, the point of having SOPs and providing them to team members is to eliminate questions, to eliminate the back and forth. So we want to have it be an easy to understand way of how to complete a task. So for us, we love to create SOPs in a couple different ways, but we house them all in ClickUp. So inside of ClickUp, I have an SOP bank that has every SOP for my business as tasks. So they're as like unassigned tasks or unscheduled tasks if you're familiar with ClickUp. So they do not have a due date on them or anything. They just live inside of ClickUp. And inside of each of those SOPs, there is subtasks on how to complete this task. So it literally has subtasks written down of all of the steps to complete that task. I then take it a couple steps further, especially in ClickUp. 
So inside of there, I utilize the description to add a visual element of how to complete this task. I would say about like 90% of SOPs should have some kind of visual element in them to really help the person see how this task is completed. Our favorite tool to use this is Tango. Um, they were one of our ad sponsors for She Can Systemize, and we absolutely love them. And Tango is a visual SOP creation tool where it literally captures your steps from every time you click on your screen completing a task, it captures them and puts it into a workflow that is like an SOP, a visual walkthrough. So you can use a tool like Tango to give yourself, your team, your clients a visual walkthrough of how to complete this task. You can also record your screen by using tools like Loom. You can use uh, Zoom. You can use Google Meet. You can share your screen. Just record yourself. It may feel funny at first, but you're doing it for a purpose. You know, you're doing it so that even if you have questions, you're like, hey, like, how did I do this one thing that one time? And you don't remember and you're trying to rack your brain about it and you're wasting time and energy and money. Then if you had something that you could look back on and watch yourself doing it and then find that one step that you can't remember because mom brain happens, then this is going to increase your productivity even for yourself. But when you have team members or if you need to send your client something, then you have these SOPs on how to do something. So for example, when it comes to clients, you can use these SOPs for clients too. So for our clients, I've had people that have asked how to schedule certain kinds of events in Google Calendar or how to create multiple calendars in your one Google Calendar. I was getting that question very, very often from clients and I was just helping them out with it every single time. And then productivity brain happened and I was like, this is not being productive. So I created a Tango walkthrough on how to set up Google calendars and multiple Google calendars. And then I have this now always there that anytime I get that question from a client, from my community, from anyone, I can send it over to them. So really utilize these visual elements for so many different areas of your business and really get in the right mindset with SOPs that SOPs are meant to be in your business, even if you don't have a team now or yet, or maybe you don't plan on ever having a team, you should still have SOPs for yourself so you are not forgetting tasks and your client experience is not slipping away. The third common mistake I see when it comes to systems is not knowing what is capable in your system tools. So a lot of you are probably nodding your head yes, like this is me because this is a very common mistake. It is very easy to not know what is capable in system tools if you are not a system specialist. I live and breathe the tools that I use in my business, the tools that I use in my clients' businesses, and I know the ins and outs of them. When there's new features that come up, I'm beta testing them. I literally know them like the back of my hand. That may not be you, and that is okay. I do not expect my clients to become systems experts when I am done with their systems. I do expect them to understand how their new system is going to function so that they can go in and make edits if they need to or updates or add a new workflow in if they just need to add one little workflow in. I want to empower them to be able to do that themselves then have to hire me to do that. Yes, would love them to hire me again, but for me, 
my clients know, you guys should know as my community, I am not about you guys spending money on things when you do not need to. So if it's one little tweak in your workflow or adding a workflow that has two steps in it, that is something that my clients should know how to do after working with me. But when you're just starting out, or maybe you haven't worked with a system specialist before, it is really on you to get your systems hands dirty and learn these tools. So my suggestion with this is going to be to go one tool at a time. Where people go wrong with this is they look at all their system tools. They're like, okay, I use Notion. I use Dubsado. I use Slack. Let me spend a week and really learn the ins and outs of all three of those tools. That is going to be a very long week for you. I bet you're not going to finish what you plan to do. And so I would suggest to do one tool at a time and one part of that tool at a time. So really look at your client experience. Start with your CRM first. We always say if there are holes in your CRM or you don't have a CRM, that is where you need to start first. So start with your CRM first and go in and think of, okay, what part of my system inside of here is not working well? If it is your leads, I had a inquiry come to me for a system build and they have like a million leads in there. It is so unorganized. They don't have emails that are going out to these leads automatically. Like it is just a hot mess express. And so that is where they need to focus their energy at first, or I need to focus my energy at first when I go into their systems. And so really look at the holes that are happening in your client journey inside of your CRM and focus on that. So if it is your leads, if they aren't getting automatic emails, your first thing should be to set up an automatic inquiry workflow so that those are happening automatically. Learn how this works inside of your CRM tool and get it set up. Then move on to the next thing. So you really want to take it one step at a time, especially if you are not in the systems industry. And if you are in the systems industry listening to this, because I know there are many of you here, you still should do this too, okay? Us in the systems industry, we know these like the back of our hand, but we can sometimes neglect our own systems. So make sure that yours are getting updated too very often. So for you guys listening that are thinking, okay, Like what areas inside of these system tools are parts that maybe I see from a system specialist that aren't looked at most? They would definitely be, again, that lead capture area. They would be how projects are organized. So a lot of times I go into people's Dubsado and they have a million projects in there that are so old, like from years ago. they're unarchived. They're just sitting there. I'm like, do these need to be here? Are we still working with these people? They're like, oh no, like I just don't know how to move them. So they're just here. Go in and organize and clean that up. The next thing is going to be not knowing the branding capabilities that are available inside of your platforms. So see how well you can brand these system tools especially if they are client-facing. So this is primarily going to be your CRM tool. If you use a communication tool like Slack, you can brand in Slack to make it a very on-brand experience if you bring clients in. Your email, your uh, signature that's at the bottom of your emails in your Gmail and your Outlook, how branded is that? How are your forms looking in your CRM? Are they super on-brand? Is it a great client experience from the minute they inquire to when they're filling out your testimonial request. And then the last thing is going to be your workflows. 
So how is your workflow situation going inside of your CRM tool? This is something that is definitely not utilized enough because a lot of times people are scared of workflows. They are scared of automations. They are scared of things happening without them knowing that they are happening. But that is the power of automations, people. They are there to save you time. They are there to take things off of your plate. So we are not going to be scared of these automations anymore. We are not going to be scared of workflows. We are not going to be putting them off in our business just because we are worried about what's going to happen when they are doing things for us. This should be something that is empowering for you. You should be like, okay, I can be off and speaking at a conference and booking clients at the same time without me having to touch anything. That happened for me when I was speaking at a conference the other month because of workflows. If I didn't have workflows, any leads that came in, any services that would have been booked or were booked would not have been able to because I didn't have workflows. So workflows are definitely an area inside of CRMs that aren't touched enough and aren't utilized in the way that they should be. So really dive in and see how these CRM tools can work with workflows. And then also remember, if you're going through this process and diving in and auditing what's happening in your system tools, and you're like, my system tool can't do this. It's okay to move system tools. I don't want you guys moving system tools every year, getting shiny object syndrome and things like that. But I always say to do a desirable list, make a list of everything you desire in a CRM, then look at your current CRM and see, okay, how many of my desirables is a CRM does it have? And if it's not that much, then it might be time to move. If your CRM has about like 90% of those things, it might be right for you to stay. Or if you're looking at another CRM and it has about 90% of those things, it might be time for you to move. So remember, it is okay to move system tools if they are not working for your business right now, and especially for where you want your business to go in the future. And then speaking of automations, number four of our common mistakes I see in systems is creating automations and then having a set it and forget it mentality. Automations, yes, are supposed to be running for you without you having to think about them. It's like when people talk about like making money in your sleep, like with the courses and things like that. Okay, it's not cheesy like courses and conversations like that, but it really is something that can make money for you while you sleep. I love waking up and seeing payments from stand store come in of people purchasing a system for or people coming in and booking workflow mapping sessions in Dubsado and having these things happen while I'm sleeping. They may be late night people and up working and inquiring on my services, but I'm snoozing away or just relaxing on the couch and not paying attention because I'm out of my office hours, but my automations are not. But when it comes to your automations, you want to make sure that when you set them up, you are testing them. So this includes workflows. This includes your lead capture and your workflows within your email marketing platform. This includes your many chat automations that you set up to send people automatic messages and DMs and information about your services and resources on social media. This includes Zapier automations. You need to be setting these up and then also testing them. 
I am a system specialist, okay? Like I said, I know these system tools like the back of my hand, but every single automation, every single Dotato workflow, every single many chat system I set up for myself, I am testing it. I am running myself through this new automation before I'm allowing a client or a member of my community to go through it and then have an error, especially for someone in the systems industry. I really don't want systems errors happening because it doesn't really look good. So I want to make sure that these are looking really great and that I don't have to sit there sitting up at night like, oh my gosh, what happens if someone inquires for my services? They're going to get this email or they're going to get the right one. Did I set it up right? If you test it, then you know you set it up right. So you need to test these things and really make sure that they are working before you allow someone else to tell you that they are not. One disclaimer I want to make with set it and forget it automations and testing and things like that, system tools break. System tools have errors. System tools go down. System tools will be in, they're working on it right now. So it's down. You'll get those emails. This happens. This is out of our control. So if you have tested your system, your automation, and it worked, and then you go in and something didn't work, utilize the chat feature of these system tools to have them look into the issue for you. Dubsado is great at this. There are many tools that are amazing at this that will respond to your chat messages very quickly and help you figure it out. I switched my podcasting platform and also where I distribute my podcast. And that was a big change for me. And I was having like issues when I was going through my testing. Like I felt like I was testing it right, but I just like wasn't quite sure. I used their chat feature and they helped me figure it out so quickly. So now I'm not concerned about it. But I was even from a systems perspective because I was testing it and there were some issues going on. So even while you're testing, you may have issues. Even when you set it up and you think it's working and then the system goes down and you have to contact them, utilize the platform and ask them. They are in control of it. They own it. They have engineers there that can go in and look at it. So ask them and just also know that these things happen and that you just need to be prepared for them. Just like Instagram goes down sometimes, okay? We don't have control over that. But what are you going to do afterwards? And what are you going to do during those times when these system tools go down? But we want to make sure before or if that even happens that you've gone through a testing time to make sure it's not your error that's happening and that it could just be the system tools error that's happening. The fifth and final common mistake I see when it comes to systems in your business is going to be that you are thinking a system tool should be doing something that it is not intended to do and then being frustrated about it. I am in Facebook groups for pretty much every system tool that I use for my business and that my clients use for their businesses because I like to see the questions that people have. I love to help out where I can and lend my area of expertise. But I often see times where people will be in ClickUp's Facebook community, for example, and they will be like, oh my gosh, I'm leaving this platform. It is the worst CRM. It is not doing what I need it to do. I'm leaving. I'm so mad, blah, 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 blah. ClickUp is not a CRM, okay? ClickUp is a project management tool. Yes, there are things that you can do inside the platform to like help within your client management process. Like for example, when our leads come in from Dubsado, we use Zapier to send a zap 
from Dubs Auto to ClickUp to add that person to our lead pipeline. So I utilize both platforms like as a CRM in a sense, but I do not think that ClickUp is a CRM because I know it's not. It is a project management tool. It is where I manage every single task in my business. And that is what it is intended for. It is a project management tool. So if you have the wrong expectations about a tool and then get upset because that tool does not do what you wanted to do, that is because you did not do your due diligence to understand that system tool before you bought it, before you set it up, before you paid someone to set it up. So for me, obviously, if you came to me to do your system tools and you were talking to me and you're like, I want a CRM, I'm looking at ClickUp, I would stop you right there and make sure that you fully understand what ClickUp is before I dive in and set it up for you. But if you're doing it yourself, you need to really make sure that you understand what these tools are meant to do. Okay. So an example of a CRM is Dubsado, HoneyBook, 17 Hats. An example of a project management tool is ClickUp. Notion, Asana, Trello. These are two different things and they do two different things. Yes, there are some tools out there that love to say that they do everything. I am not a fan of these tools and here is why. One, because we just talked about system tools can go down. So imagine if your CRM, your project management tool, the way you communicate with your clients, your team is all in one place and that system tool goes down. Your whole business is pretty much going to go down in that moment. So that is one thing. The other reason is when you try and do too much and too many things, you most of the time don't do those things well. So there may be a system tool out there that says that they are a CRM, they are a project management tool, you can communicate with your clients in here, it's amazing, but are all of those features amazing? How robust is the CRM part? How robust is the project management part? How are their automations? How is the branding capabilities? Look at your desirable list for project management tools, CRM tools, a communication tool, and see that one and all tool that does it all, does it do it all well? If it doesn't, probably not the right system tool for you. So I am not a fan of these all-in-one tools because of those two things. So you really want to just make sure that you are figuring out what these system tools do, what they are meant to do, and make sure you have the right expectations before you get frustrated that this tool does not do what you are looking for it to do. And then when you find the system tools that you want to be using, figure out how they can tech stack and work well together. Figure out how automations and tools like Zapier can integrate them. Figure out how you can get Dubsado to talk to ClickUp, how you can get Standstore to talk to Flowdesk. Make sure that they work well together and integrate together because then you're going to feel good. You're going to feel like you can put these automations in place and they're happening while you sleep, that your client experience is thriving because people are moving through all aspects of your business so smoothly and you're feeling great and your clients are feeling great. Your community is feeling great. Your team's feeling great. And then in return, you're feeling amazing. So we want to make sure that we are tech stacking correctly and that we are using tools that aren't meant to do something else. So we have expectations that they do something else or that they are trying to do too many things and they aren't doing the things that we need them to do very well. So 
these are the five areas of systems that I really see very commonly in my community and my clients' businesses and their systems that are mistakes that you might be making today. And in reality, every single one of these mistakes are going to be hindering your client experience. The way your inquiries come in is going to be affecting your client experience. The way that you don't have SOPs is going to be affecting your client experience, especially if you have team members that are helping with client-facing tasks. The way that you don't know what's capable in your system tools is going to affect your client experience. If you don't know that Dubsado can have your branded domain settings. So when you're sending a URL link, it has your name and not Dubsado's name. That's affecting your client experience. That's expecting, that is affecting your brand's reputation and your brand's authority that is out there in the online space. Not knowing how automations work and setting them and forgetting them is affecting your client experience because someone's going to inquire about your services and get an email that is asking them for a testimonial request because you have the wrong workflow set up. So you haven't tested that and now you have someone that is very confused and you probably lost them. And if you are expecting tools to do something they're not meant to do, then you're not going to be using them to their fullest capabilities and then affecting your client experience. So I really need you guys to get your systems hands dirty and make these changes so then you don't have these mistakes anymore. All of these red flags are green flags that you are waving high because your systems are amazing. And if you are feeling like you need support in this, I have something exciting to share with you. I have a challenge that is happening in February called the Systems DIYer Challenge. If you are someone that is wanting to DIY their systems, or you're maybe just not ready to outsource fully for a system build, this is going to be the challenge for you. This is a four-week challenge with me and 30 others for you to DIY your systems with confidence. Each week, you're going to be giving an action plan and helpful steps for you to implement different areas of your systems and have a system that you can no longer dread or be overwhelmed by and feel like this is my system and feel confident AF in your systems. So each week, we're going to be covering different things. Week one, we are setting foundations. So we're going to be talking about SOPs and outlining your system's implementation game plan. The second week, we're going to be talking about designing your custom systems, so choosing the right system tools, outlining and setting up workflows, branding your systems, and then that week, we're going to be having a group coaching call. Week three, we're going to be talking about elevating that client experience, so we'll be covering enhancing client communication, client gifting, and testing and tweaking that experience, people, so we don't have those errors. Then the final week, we're going to be covering mastering pricing and work-life balance. So we're going to be covering using systems to upsell in your business, how to incorporate time management and doing it very, very well, and future goal setting for your business and for your systems and how your systems help with all of that. So if you are feeling like you need someone to help you along the way with your systems, that you need a time frame of when you're going to work on your systems and how you're going to do it, this challenge is for you. So you can go to the link in the show notes to join the challenge. We are maxing it out at 30 people. So if you have listened to this and it is past the time of the challenge 
or you have listened to this and we are fully enrolled, don't worry. We will have a wait list below for the next challenge of when we open this up again. We plan on doing them quarterly. So I am so excited for this one. So if you have questions on it, shoot over to my DMs on Instagram. They are always open. And I hope to see you inside this challenge because it's going to be so much fun. So thank you so much for listening to this episode of She Can Systemize. I cannot wait to see what you guys do in your systems and turn all of these systems red flags into green flags.